I'm Samantha Olds Fry, CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, and this is Sam Says, a podcast series focused on Illinois Medicaid managed care. Hello, I'm Durandal Beverly with the Gemini Group, and welcome to Sam Says. On today's episode, we sit down with Kirby Range, Maternal and Child Health Manager with Everthrive, to discuss maternal health and the impact of Everthrive's advocacy efforts. But first, let me welcome our host, the Sam and Sam Says, Samantha Olds Fry, CEO of I'm Hip. Sam, how are you today? I'm great. How are you, Durandal? I am doing well. Well, let's jump into it and bring in our special guest. Again, we have Kirby Range, Maternal and Child Health Manager with Everthrive. Kirby, welcome to Sam Says. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Durandal. Thank you, Samantha, for having me. I'm doing well. So uh, we're excited to dive into today's discussion on maternal health and the impact of Everthrive's efforts. But before we do, uh, Kirby, please lay the foundation for our listeners. Can you provide some background on Everthrive and the work you do as the maternal and child health manager? Sure, definitely. Um, So Everthrive has been around for a little over 30 years now. And so we're really invested in um, focusing on quality health care for women, children, and families. So they're thriving um, to their fullest. So we do that through a full spectrum of work that's very comprehensive and inclusive and thinking about everyone that needs to be involved in order for this to um, happen. So we are very invested in advocacy, community engagement, and strategic partnerships to really drive these innovative changes and these advancements that we want to make within the maternal and child health space. So, um, you know, we're doing this all really with having a racial equity lens, a health equity lens, and really thinking about the systems um, that really need the most support and need. And we are a, um, we are based in Chicago, but we are a uh, statewide organization in, in thinking about how our efforts are facing our, or are, um, you know, uh, impacting the state of Illinois. Um, but a lot of our projects, you know, will focus on specifically um, communities in Chicago, especially on the south and west sides of Chicago. So we have about five focus areas that we focus on at Everthrive and those include child and adolescent health, health reform, immunizations, maternal and infant mortality, and reproductive and contraceptive justice. And so my role is specifically focusing on the area of maternal and infant mortality. So again, I'm the maternal and child health manager with Everthrive. And so through my efforts, I'm really focused on improving uh, maternal and child health outcomes. And there's a strong emphasis, again, on that um, infant and maternal um, morbidity and mortality component, because as we know, our mortality rates are so high in our country right now. And so really thinking about what we can do to address these issues um, regarding systems alignment, um, access, um, how um, folks are accessing services and supports in their communities. Um, And through all this, we're very deeply um, focused on really having community voice at all of our tables. Um, We feel that it's very important to have folks with lived experience, those uh, uh, people coming from communities who are experiencing different challenges and obstacles and really making sure that we have their voice incorporated into all of our work to really drive change, especially when it comes to policy. Thank you, Kirby. That's so comprehensive and really just sort of is the, the tip of the iceberg of all of the work that Everthrive does. I've been working in 
healthcare policy for a little over a decade and EverThrive has been sort of ever present um, and really just an amazing voice down in Springfield and in the community advocating for so much. And, and really, like you've said, like through that, that uh, racial health equity lens and, and just a consistent um you know, voice over the years. I'm so grateful that we get to chat today. And especially because we've been talking about maternal health for the past month here at I'm Hip. Um, and, you know, you can't really wrap up or have a maternal health month and not talk to EverThrive if you're in Illinois. Uh, and I also really want to focus on, or at least sort of what you've learned over your time at EverThrive and, and, you know, at the organization, sort of the lessons that you've learned and how EverThrive's efforts have sort of been impacted by those lessons. Um, because I think this space is ever evolving. And what we talked about five years ago or 10 years ago, we've learned so much and we've so much more research, but we also have more wins and we have, um, you know, some challenges and opportunities. So could you talk a little bit about, you know, sort of some of the lessons that you've learned over time with EverThrive and advocacy in this space? Yeah. So I've actually been with um, EverThrive about two and a half years now, but I think my lessons that I've learned had started kind of just in my professional journey, even before I even came to EverThrive and have really kind of um, shaped and incorporated kind of um, where we're going in our direction or specifically what I'm working on at EverThrive moving forward. So prior to being with EverThrive, I was really in the social service uh, space. I was, um, you know, working in different capacities with um um, home visiting programs, working with doulas and home visitors, and really just having that um, that opportunity to really see things from the ground level and working my way up. So even working as a home visitor and then starting to get into more leadership roles and um, supervising early childhood programs. Um, and um, again, working with doulas and home visitors and supervising those types of programs. And so it was from that that um, those opportunities that it really started for me to start kind of um, putting the pieces and the connections in my head to realize about these challenges and these disparities and these inequities that we see in the communities. Um, and again, really specifically, I'm thinking about communities on the South and West side, since those were areas I was um, predominantly working in and realizing that there was just so many challenges and really wanting to think about how we could elevate the needs that I was hearing from the participants and the families we were working with and try to think about like, you know, what can we do to really address these things? And so I took those lessons and those experiences and transferred them over into my role at EverThrive. And, um, you know, it's been great because EverThrive was already incorporating um, those practices and really um, bridging that gap between social services, community-based organizations, and then in public health, and really thinking about how we can collectively um, work together to really um, come up with some solutions to address these challenges that we're hearing about. So I really learned um, just the importance of really um, listening to community voice and really um, thinking about how, uh, and if we really wanna have effective changes within policy and within all of our systems, we need to be more thoughtful and incorporate that community voice and those with lived experiences. And then also just um, really helping folks to understand that um, in order for us to really tackle this public health crisis and maternal and child health issues, we have to do this collectively. You know, it's a societal issue. We can't, it's not just one, uh, it's not just the healthcare system. It's not just, you know, like the early childhood or 
our, or our government, we have to come all together to really collectively put our, our expertise and our minds together and think about what we can do to really, um, you know, make these changes. And I think we saw a lot of that within this recent legislative session with all the different wins we had. Oh, Kirby, I know our listeners can't see me, but I am just like nodding along with everything you're saying. Um, I've definitely seen like down in Springfield where if if folks with lived experience or people from the community or experience serving the community that you're trying to impact, if they're not at the table, the legislation and the interventions fall short because there are just things that people aren't taking into account or considering um, that are necessary for those policies to be successful. And there are just things that, and it's not purposeful. It's just, you know, it's not part of that individuals or those groups sort of day-to-day life. So they don't think about it, right? Like the impact of uh, childcare or transportation or healthy food, you know, whatever it may be, if you're not taking into account the full existence of a member's life or the community um, that you're trying to help, you're going to miss things. And sometimes those things are so big that essentially your policy intervention doesn't work um, because you haven't, um, you know, really impacted uh, successfully the community. I mean, I I think of some things that have happened recently, like, you know, there was a vaccination event um, that an entity did uh, in a predominantly Spanish-speaking neighborhood and they didn't have a Spanish speaking nurse, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. little things like that just mean like, this isn't going to be as successful as we need it to be. And so we need to make sure we have people with lived experience from the community at the table while we're setting up whatever that policy intervention is to ensure that we're successful. Uh, And then of course, like you said, it's not one sector, right? Like health plans alone can't do this. Hospitals right. alone can't do this. Ever thrive as amazing as you are. Like you need partners at the table, impacting change, pushing together. Um, and that's how I think we've really seen, like you mentioned last last session, how we got so many successes in the maternal health space is because it wasn't just one group. It wasn't just the advocacy or community-based organization group saying doulas are a good idea. Right. Uh, You know, the the health plans were saying it. I believe hospitals were out. I mean, it was a comprehensive push to say doulas will help us close the disparity gaps around maternal um, outcomes. And that we've seen this work in other states and it is a worthwhile investment. Um, And I think when you say things like that, when you're able to collectively um, bring a coalition together, you get such a larger impact than if it were just one group. Yeah, definitely. Totally agree. And, and, And to that end, so you've been at Everthrive for about two and a half years, which means the last year and a half or so, you know, completely different than your first first year at Everthrive and, and your years beforehand. And so it's such a dynamic time. And at least from my vantage point, we've just been seeing more and more focus on maternal health, but specifically um, a focus on healthcare disparities within maternal health. I think for, you know, maybe five years ago, 10 years ago, it was often dismissed as 
the disparities were dismissed as perhaps income-based or education or, you know, locality and community. And what we're seeing now over and over again with studies and with amazing women like, you know, Beyonce and Serena Williams coming out saying like, you know, this is what I experienced. Um, and we did a webinar a few weeks ago with Representative Greenwood, who had her own experience. Um, what we see is like, it's not income-based. It's not community. Uh, it really is racial and ethnicity-based and that there's implicit bias that we've got to tackle. That's been something that I've seen as sort of sticking out um, in sort of a, a real you know, focus in the last 18 months and a shift in focus. But what about you? Um, you've had a longer breath sort of, of experience within the maternal health space. What sticks out as a particular shift in focus or lesson learned in the past year and a half or so as we've dealt with the pandemic? Right. Well, um, I think the pandemic in particular has really kind of provided a wake up call for everyone. Um, you know, Sadly, it was a very uh, stressful time. We're still very stressed and going through so many different challenges due to the pandemic. And, you know, who knows what the direction of things are going now with all the variants and things that are coming. But I think um, kind of the blessing in with the pandemic was that it kind of provided, again, this wake up call to everyone about the inequities that we're seeing in our systems. Um, and the um, the mis mistreatment that our black and brown communities experience a lot. And of course, those, those of us who work in this space, we already knew they existed. We already knew that, again, you know, um, um, black people are, are not having the same type of treatment that you might find um, another person to receive within, you know, the healthcare systems and many of our systems. But I think we were able to just see truly just how much the differences existed through the pandemic and um, understanding, you know, incorporating this data to really understand those inequities and what's happening. Um, and so I think that was really what, what, really I saw a shift and I've seen more of a focus of that now within many organizations and even businesses are really trying to incorporate more of a diversity and equity and, and inclusion lens into their into their practices. Um, and I think this is just um, helping to kind of kind of uh, tip off a little bit of the ice on the on the on um, to really get us more mobilized and energized into inve investing in racial equity and um, addressing these challenges more head on. I think we still have a long way to go, but I think, you know, there's been so many achievements that have happened within the past, you know, 12 to 18 months. And I'm really just hoping that this, um, you know, heightens awareness to, to everyone that there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, we are not still in a great place, but we are, are making baby steps um, to get there. And hopefully in generations to come, you know, we'll, uh, we may not need roles like ours where we're fighting for maternal mortality and morbidity and, and we won't be having and seeing these headlines on the news all the time about, um, you know, Black people dying um, um, from pregnancy and the stress and all the different factors that they've received contributing to um, poor health outcomes. So I think that's definitely really just a shift that I've seen. It's just more of this awareness that people are having around um, supporting um, populations that really need the most support and having more of this racial equity lens to their work. I could not agree more, Kirby. It sort of became undeniable like you, and you couldn't ignore um, the disparities anymore and that they, they were driven by race. Um, 
And to that end, what I love about EverThrive and sort of um, the, is that you guys don't just identify problems, right? Like you just don't identify like there's healthcare disparities or our mortality rates aren't where they should be or that our, that moms aren't getting the support that they need. You guys intervene and you um, advocate for solutions. You partner with social, social service providers. Um, you know, you do the work on the ground to make a difference. Mm-hmm. So you guys tackle so much. So I think this is probably going to be a hard question, but what, if you had to pick a single project to discuss, um, what would it be like in terms of your success and sort of what buoys you, um, you know, and you just see as one of your biggest successes over the past few years and really making a difference in tackling the challenges, the myriad of challenges um, that we have here in Illinois, but really across the country with regards to maternal health. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely is uh, hard to probably just pick one. Um, I, I do think there's two in particular that um, I just do want to highlight, which is uh, the Sh- Chicago Collaborative for Maternal Health, um, which we uh, also call CCMH. And then the Family Connect Chicago pilot and EverThrive is a delegate agency and convening um, a community alignment board on behalf of CDPH. With our Chicago Collaborative for Maternal Health, we're really trying to, um, again, tackle this maternal health crisis that we're seeing and really investing and focusing on communities that we see most of the disparities and most of the maternal and infant morbidity and mortality. So we have three communities on the south side and three communities on the west side that we're focusing on. And we're doing this in partnership with Alliance Chicago. And so we have three aims that we're focusing on that are centered around quality assurance, um, community, and um, policy. And so EverThrive is uh, heavily involved in the community and policy piece. And um, my coworker, Sheila, I believe will be able to speak more about some of the things that we're doing with the community piece. But one of the things that I've been doing and I've been really enjoying and happy about is um, I've been providing um, trainings to maternal health trainings to social service providers and various community um, health advocates who work and can do community-based work. So we have um, home visitors, parent educators, doulas, we have family case management, um, we have some nurse interns who've received the training, excuse me. And so what we're doing is really just helping them to get more grounded in the state of maternal health in Chicago because we know they're doing some really great work at the ground level, but they may not be having those conversations all the time about maternal mortality and infant mortality and really understanding the numbers and all the different like social determinants of health that impact a person's health. And especially when we're talking about how, um, again, you know, shedding more light on the disparities that black and brown people encounter and why are the maternal mortality rates so high for um, black and brown people. And helping them to understand that, you know, sadly, structural racism and implicit bias do drive a lot of the inequities that we see in our systems. So, you know, we've been doing this trainings um, with them, and it's just been really invigorating just to know that there's um, still space where folks are still needing to get this information and that 
they're now having some ideas that they want to do and take back to their work to really be in this fight for maternal health. And so all the organizations and attendees were kind of charged with the task of thinking about what they could do at like the individual level, the, the organizational level and the community level to really, um, you know, increase their practices of what they're already doing and really drive and again, that needle and, and addressing maternal health. So, you know, many of them have expressed things like they want to talk about postpartum warning signs with their family some more, or they have family members or friends that are pregnant. And they want to start having conversations with them about like, hey, did you go to your prenatal appointment? Do you have everything set up that you need? And really just finding like, you know, strong, um, intentional ways to really um, uh, advocate for people and, you know, just continue to do the great work that we're doing. So we've been really enjoying those um, maternal health trainings. I'll be doing another series of trainings coming up in a couple of months. So definitely if there's other organizations or folks that are interested in receiving the training, um, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Kirby, we, we appreciate that. And, uh, you know, before we close out, I have to ask you one, thank you. and We appreciate you being here. But before we close out, what's one final takeaway that you want to make sure that our listeners know about your work, your and EverDrive's work before, uh, before we wrap up? Uh, one final thing that I would like for folks to do my work. Um, uh, it's, it's definitely um, a, a position that can... Uh, it's, it can be difficult at times because you're dealing with very challenging issues, right? We're thinking about, again, mortality and it, it can be a little bit uh, uh, stressful at times and, and having those conversations and especially as a black woman myself, just knowing that like, you know, this is affecting my community and, and, and um, you know, it's just, it can be disheartening and it's heavy sometimes to have to do the work every day. But then, um, I'm reminded each day just about the importance of this work and just how much, you know, my role and my efforts are making an impact in this space. And I think, you know, I just want people to know that, you know, we are all in this together. We're all trying to do the best that we can. And um, I think, you know, I feel confident that there will be some great changes coming along the way and we just need to be more open and we need to work together and um, changes will come. Okay. Well, we appreciate that. And that, that's a, that's a good spot to close it out. We appreciate again, you joining us and, and the work that you and ever, th ever thrive uh, that you do on a daily basis. We hope that you'd be willing to come back and speak to us on a future episode of Sam says, if you don't mind. Yes, that would be great. Just let me know. Fantastic. And also again, happy anniversary to you and your husband. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, Sam, before we wrap up, uh, again, you know, we, we really want to appreciate and thank rather uh, Kirby Range and EverThrive for joining us today. Sam, anything that really stuck out with you or, or something that you're going to be tracking um, as, as we head uh, forward from this conversation? Well, first and foremost, I'm always so impressed with, with EverThrive, with Kirby's knowledge and passion and just sort of what she brings to the table. Um, but what I think, you know, what she said at the beginning in terms of lessons learned over her, her time period of work in this space of making sure we have a diverse group of folks at the table when we are discussing policy interventions and we are trying to make a difference. I think that's just critical and just cannot be said enough because if you don't have a diverse group of experiences, of perspectives, and, and the folks that are you're trying to, you know, impact by policy discussions and elevating sort of that individual experience, um, you, you're going to fall short. And so I think 
as we move forward and continue to pursue policies and interventions to address maternal morbidity and uh, healthcare disparities, it's just making sure we don't find ourselves in an echo chamber because um, that's going to lead us to fall short. I think that piece um, we cannot remind folks of enough. Okay. All right. We're going to have to cut it there. Uh, if you like what you've heard today, I encourage you to visit the I'm Hip website at imhip.net. That's I-A-M-H-P.net to learn more about what the association is doing and to listen to other interesting podcasts like this one today. I also encourage you to like and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And if you're interested in becoming an I'm Hip trusted partner, I again encourage you to visit the website at imhip.net. On behalf of Sam and the team at I'm Hip, I'm DeRondo Beverly with the Gemini Group. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Sam Says. Stay safe and we'll talk to you soon.